Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Karen Harrison. Excited to be here with you on this. It feels weird to not say Red Friday. We've had like 21 consecutive Red Fridays, but there are no more football games. The Chiefs won all of them. Very excited to be here with you today. Nick Wright of First Things First and FS1 is going to be on the show coming up in 30 minutes. We will be joined by Nick Wright. He will give us his thoughts on the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Also, the incident down at Union Station. Nate Taylor of The Athletic is also going to join us in studio. He will do that in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll try to transition to as much as normalcy as we can on today's show, we have made the decision as a show that we are not going to give away a pizza today, at least not off the top of the show. We will bring that back on Tuesday. So if you're waiting on that pizza, Tasio, you're going to have to wait a couple more days Tuesday. We will bring it back and we will give you your chance to win every day at two o'clock. We have not gotten the opportunity yet to talk about the actual parade and the rally. And we still are not going to talk about the parade or the rally, but we will talk about comments that happened afterwards. So Legereus Sneed, who you guys know is set to be a free agent at the now end of the season. He went on with Kay Adams to talk about winning the Super Bowl at the very end of the conversation. She said, hey, is there any message that you would love to give Brett Veach? This was Legereus Sneed's answer. What would you like to say as we wrap the show up here to Brett Veach? And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say? Man, pay me. <laughs> pay me. Pay me. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Pay me. That was Legereus Sneed on with Kay Adams. That audio is courtesy of her show with FanDuel. Rob, let's take a closer look at these cornerback contracts. The highest paid corner in the National Football League is Denzel Ward. He signed a five-year, $100 million deal. Number two is Marshawn Lattimore, five for 97. Marlon Humphrey, five for 97. Trevon Diggs with the Dallas Cowboys also signed five for 97. Xavier Howard, five for 90. I think it is important to note as we begin this conversation, this is certainly not going to be the last time that we have this conversation about Legereus Sneed. 
the franchise tag for corners is $18 million. So if you were on the side of let's franchise tag him, you were going to be paying him like he's Xavier Howard. Now, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve Xavier Howard money. I'm just simply telling you what the financials and the business side of it is if you commit to the franchise tag for Legereus Need. I think the Chiefs are the best at three things in the National Football League. I think they have the best coach in the National Football League. I believe they have the best quarterback. I also believe that they have the best one-two corner combination. Going into next season, are you willing to give that up? That's not something that I'm willing to give up. If we are having the early conversation about what I would do if I'm Brett Veach, if you were coming to me and saying, Carrington, all right, it is now officially the offseason. What is your prediction? What would you do if you were the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs? This is how I would handle it. I would franchise tag Legereus Need and reach a long-term contract extension based off of that franchise tag. Now, I don't know if I would give them the five for 90, but we all know that there's a way to do this, that you can give them a four-year deal or pay them like he's Jair Alexander or Tredavious White with the Dallas Cowboys, or excuse me, with the Buffalo Bills, that you can pay him like he's a top 10 corner, not commit as much long-term. You figure out some guarantees, you you maneuver some money around, and you keep Legereus Need under contract long-term with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what I would do. I would go into next season with having the best one-two corner combination in the league. You got Snead on one side. You got Trent McDuffie. You have other very talented young corners, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson. I'm sure there will be some other moves that you will make. You arguably have the best secondary in the National Football League. So you are the best at throwing the ball. You also are the best at at defending the pass and being able to slow other teams' quarterbacks and other teams' playmakers. That is not an advantage that I'm willing to give up. So I am interested in keeping Legereus need. It's going to be $18 million next year. You can pay him what the market says, and it end up being a four-year, possibly a five-year deal. But you are going to come in significantly less than what Chris Jones is going to sign for. Now, speaking of Chris Jones, Chris Jones was up on that Union Station stage, and oh, let me tell you, he looked glorious. The confetti was falling. People were cheering. He's all excited. He's all hopped up on four loco. And he says this at the parade. Kansas City, we will be back here next year. And for those who want Chris Jones go, I ain't going nowhere, baby. I mean, I get it. You know, this is kind of like whenever you're a junior in college and they tell you one more year and you're like, I'm coming back. And then you know what? You go home, you talk to your mom, you talk to people that you trust, and they're like, son, you got a chance to get $15, $20 million next year in the NFL draft, the NBA draft. You know what we're going to do? We're going to the the league. And you're like, all right, you're right. You might want to come back, but you got to go. You got to make that decision. I think we have seen Chris Jones' last game with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this does not count the possibility that Chris Jones is ready to give the Chiefs a significant discount. But last year, these two teams, his team and the Chiefs, were unable to reach a long-term agreement. I would say the cost has stayed firm. He didn't get hurt this year. He was an all-pro this season, had double-digit sacks this year, helped you win another championship. 
I don't know why the price would come down based on the market. I believe that Chris Jones is going to be the number one non-quarterback free agent on the market. Number one is probably going to be Kirk Cousins because he plays quarterback and we understand supply and demand at that position. I think the number two uh, free agent, the number two player that's going to get paid this offseason is going to be Chiefs defensive lineman Chris Jones. Do we think the Chiefs are prepared to pay him what the market says or Chris Jones is going to have to make a significant financial sacrifice to continue to stay on the team? And based on how polarizing this was last summer when we did this and how these two sides were on completely opposite sides. I just find it hard to believe that he is going to do this. We all appreciate Chris Jones. You are going to be in the chief's ring of honor. And one day you will likely get a gold jacket from the people in Canton of Ohio. You have deserved that by being the best defensive player on a dynasty. That guy eventually gets into the pro football hall of fame. But if we are talking about the business side of football, you have a 27-year-old corner and you got a 30-year-old defensive lineman and the 27-year-old football player is going to be a significant discount from the 30-year-old player. I think you got to pay LeJarrius Sneed. I think you do what you need to do to keep him on the team. I think you tell Chris Jones, thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. And you let him go sign a massive four-year $110 million contract with another team, and you write a very thankful letter to him on social media as he goes to sign with another team. So as we transition into the offseason and how I would play the offseason, and before we get to what would you do in free agency and who would I like and I would like for them to go get Calvin Ridley or some of the other free agent wide receivers – you have to figure out what you're going to do with Sneed and what you're going to do with Jones. You can only franchise tag one of them. One of them is going to hit free agency. That's just how the business of the NFL works. And if you were telling me that I have to franchise tag one of them, I'm going to franchise tag the one that costs $18 million and not the one that costs $30 million. I'm going to franchise tag the player that is 27 years old and not the player that is 30 years old. And unfortunately, I think you have to move on from Chris Jones. Rob, how do you hear these comments from Legereus Sneed? What would you like to say as we wrap the show up here to Brett Veach? And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say? Man, pay me. <laughs> pay me. Pay me. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Pay me. So that was Legereus Sneed as he went on with Kay Adams. Certainly makes sense. He is a mid-round pick on a rookie contract, and this is his chance to cash out. I certainly understand the sentiment. Chris Jones said this on the stage on Wednesday. Kansas City, we will be back here next year. And for those who want Chris Jones go, I ain't going nowhere, baby. So that was Chris Jones on Wednesday on the stage at Union Station. Rob, I'm putting the GM hat in your hands. I told you how I would do it. I would franchise tag Legereus Need. I would reach a long-term extension with Legereus Need, and I would let Chris Jones walk in free agency and take the compensatory pick. How would you handle the offseason? Me and you are actually on the same page here. I would do exactly what you did. But you asked me, what does that audio mean when it hits my ear? And you know what Legereus Need sounded like? A guy who's not going to take a hometown discount to stay in Kansas City. There has been a thought among Chiefs fans that, hey, 
If you don't tag him, Legereus Need loves Spags. He loves this team. I think he'll do the Kelsey. I think he'll do the insert player X and not ask for the top dollar, not ask for pure market value, and is more willing to win than take that money. Legereus Need did not sound on Kay Adams' show like a person who was, hey, I'm, I'm willing to make this work. His message was six words, pay me, pay me, pay me. That does not sound like hometown discount guy. Meanwhile, public enemy number one or offseason public enemy number one, Chris Jones definitely sound like a guy who's willing to play some ball this year in the negotiations. So I actually would do your plan based on age and all those things. But I wonder if behind the scenes, Chris Jones and co are saying we're willing to make this work. He wants to be a chief for life where Legereus Sneed and co are saying my money is my top priority and it might be easier to work with a 30-year-old defensive tackle than a 26-year-old corner. I think both players are in a really good situation if they are the one that gets franchise tagged. Like, if you are Legereus Sneed and you get franchise tagged, let's say that you don't even reach a long-term extension with Kansas City. Let's say that everything that you were saying is 100% accurate. The Chiefs franchise tag Legereus Sneed. He's locked in on a one-year $18 million deal. He is not coming off of his stance. Hey, I want you guys to pay me like I'm Marlon Humphrey. I want five years, $97 million. I ain't taking less than that. And if that's not the deal that you have, I will happily play out this one-year deal. He will make more money next year than he has made in his entire NFL career. That's not a bad spot to be in. Sure, you want to get the guaranteed money. You want to get the $40 million. You want to get the $33 million. You want to get the big-time guaranteed at signing, big-time signing bonus. They cut you a check the day that you sign the deal. That is what that is the goal of every NFL player. The worst-case scenario for Legereus Sneed and Chris Jones is not bad. The worst-case scenario for Sneed is that he signs a fully guaranteed one-year deal with a team that has won back-to-back Super Bowls. The worst-case scenario for Chris Jones is that you sign a one-year $30 million guaranteed deal with the only organization that you've played for and has won the last two Super Bowls. It is not a bad situation either way. If either one of those players hit free agency, they will be off the board in the first three hours. You know, we're watching NFL Live and we're refreshing Twitter and we're waiting for the deals to come in. They will be one of the first players signed. You're talking about a guy who can be a number one corner on any team in the National Football League who has a great injury history and is 27 years old or a future Hall of Fame, current all-pro caliber defensive lineman that is showing you he's a great leader and can get to the quarterback. The Chiefs have two of the most desirable free agents in the NFL. Now comes the really hard part of you deciding who you want to pay long-term and how you move forward as an organization. We can keep this conversation going on the other side. Coming up in 15 minutes, we'll be joined by Nick Wright of FS1 and First Things First. That's next. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington, wherever you are. We got Nick Wright coming on the show in 10 minutes. We'll be joined by Nick Wright of FS1 and First Things First. A couple of texts that I want to respond to as we are moving towards the offseason and the Chiefs are going to have two major decisions. What do you do with Legereus Need? What do you do with Chris Jones' deal? One text that came in, CDOT, you are crazy if you think the Chiefs have the ability to three-peat without Chris Jones. I would have never guessed that they would have won back-to-back Super Bowls without Tyree Kill. I think this year Tyree Kill was the second best skill position player in the National Football League behind Christian McCaffrey. They won the Super Bowl without him. I understand that one plays on the offensive side of the ball and one doesn't. I don't know if we can say that definitively about any player on their team that's not named Patrick Mahomes, and that includes Travis Kelsey, who was incredible in the postseason. I understand that at some point, A, you have to pay people, and B, you're going to have to say no to some players. And we are reaching, I would say, a 12-month stretch this offseason and next offseason. There are a lot of really good players who have helped this team win multiple championships that you are going to have to make a decision on. You're going to soon have to make a decision, do you want to pay Creed Humphrey? You're soon going to have to make a decision about whether you want to pay Trey Smith or not. A guy like Legereus Need, Chris Jones, his contract is up. We are Nick Bolton. Like we are really close to the point. We're not even talking about Willie Gay, who was arguably their best linebacker this season. I think we all identify that he is a player that you just simply lose in free agency. One of the great things about the Chiefs is they have a lot of great players. One of the bad things now in the offseason is you got a lot of good players, and these guys were on rookie deals and guys who were underpaid just by being on these rookie contracts. And now you're looking to reap the financial benefit of all your hard work. So now if you're Willie Gay, you're hitting free agency, I want to get paid. If I'm Creed Humphrey this offseason and I can negotiate my deal and I'm arguably the second best player at my position in the National Football League, I don't want to be on this second round rookie contract anymore. 
I want to get paid. If you're a guy like Legereus Sneed, who your own coaches have come out and said that you're the best corner in the National Football League, well, I want my contract to look like I'm the best corner in the National Football League. So this is just one of those good problems, I would say, when it comes to the team, that you got to make a decision about who you want to pay. And also, you need to continue to draft at the level in which you draft to continue to bring in and develop good players to see where this thing goes. One text that I think is really good, 913-586-7610, CDOT, if the Chiefs are so great at drafting and developing corners, wouldn't the wise thing do is to reload and draft picks and develop those picks on cheap deals like the Patriots did? I don't know if this is a flaw in that theory as much as just an observation. For you to win back-to-back Super Bowls, you have been really good at developing a whole lot of positions. You've been really good at developing offensive linemen. I mean, Trey Smith is someone that you developed. Creed Humphrey is someone that you developed. Isaiah Pacheco is a player that you have developed. Sneed, Trent McDuffie. You're going to reward some of these guys, and some of these guys you're going to tip your cap to and let them move in free agency. I am all for keeping players that are elite, are premier players who are between the ages of 25 and 29. Those deals, sure, they fail sometimes. It's football. An injury happens, and you're never the same player. We see a lot of contracts in which you give a guy who is over 30 years old a whole bunch of money, and that deal turns really bad really quickly. So if I'm the one that's team building, as great as Chris Jones is, if we're looking at this thing objectively, I can see a scenario in two years that you look back on the 33-year-old defensive lineman that you have under contract, and he is the fourth highest paid defensive player in the league, and you're looking at it, you're thinking... Was this a smart deal? Was this a good deal? I don't know if you'll feel that way about the Snead contract. Not with all the things that he can do. Not with his ability to play outside, inside, play some safety, blitz. And you continue to pair him with Trent McDuffie. Just that foundation, that cornerback group, you got a real strong foundation. And then you look at your defensive line and how you've allocated your resources. I think that George Karloftis could be Max Crosby. You look at Felix on UDK. I can't remember one play he made the entire season, and then he makes one in the Super Bowl. So you've got two first-round picks on opposite ends. We'll see how Charles Amenahu comes back. They've done a good job at drafting and developing interior defensive linemen. They've also done a good job in free agency or trades. You know those of each specials. You pick up Emmanuel Ogba. You got Charles Amenahu in free agency. You're going to have opportunities to make those deals. Guys are one of... They're going to want to play on the Chiefs. Playing on the Chiefs has shown you you can get paid. We saw that happen last offseason with Juju Smith-Schuster. You've also obviously shown you're the best team in the league. We can also get you a ring. So you can sign a one-year deal and go get paid somewhere else. And in your stop in Kansas City, you can pick up a championship. That's not a bad situation to be in. I think it's worth noting, on top of all this, the history of Brett Veach and the Kansas City Chiefs. Has he ever once given a long-term deal to a corner? And there have been good corners in Kansas City in his time. But Shaw Brilliant was not as good as Legereus Sneed. I no. understand that. But he was good. He walked. He was a good corner. Kendall Fuller was a solid corner. I don't want to say good, but he was solid. Let him walk. Tyron Matthew. Remember what we called him at the time? Swiss Army Knife. He does everything. Corner, safety, blitzer. He let him walk. Age is different. I get that. But Brett Veach historically has said, hey, 
I'm going to get the most out of you if you're a member of the secondary, and then I am walking away. Has there been a single member of the secondary that has got a meaningful second contract from this team, including Juan Thornhill, who was good last year for the Browns? Brett Veach walked on him. There is just a history. There is a trend. There is a backdrop of Brett Veach walks on the secondary, whether that be he trusts his scouting department, whether it be that he trusts Spags, whatever it may be, he has historically walked on those guys. He has had multiple chances to walk on Chris Jones in his tenure as GM, and he has given him new contracts every single time. So while I understand the on the field part, I think the behind the scenes part is notable. Brett Veach historically has not paid the secondary guy. No, you're right. But I think we also could say, though, have they really given out the big contract to any of the rookies that they've had? Like when guys contract has expired, this is the first time that you've really been faced with this dilemma. If you were Brett Veach, you've had some really good players, but who's the best free agent that they've had ward Traverius ward. I mean, they haven't had a big time wide receiver that you wanted to keep. They haven't had a big time running back that you wanted to keep. They haven't had a tight end. They haven't had those players that have hit free agency. It's really been Tyree kill. And we understand the uniqueness of that situation. His contract didn't expire. He was under contract and they just had a disagreement about if they want to pay him or not. But I, I guess where I would counter to what you were saying is this is the first time that they've really reached this cross in the road about what they want to do with the player of this caliber over the next two off seasons, over the next two off seasons, they are going to be faced with, Hey, some guys that you really love, some guys whose jerseys you have, some guys who have signed autographs for you, some of your favorite players, are they going to be able to keep and pay them? That's what the next two off seasons are going to be. I would pay Snee personally. I would pay him. I'd sign a four-year deal, and I would move forward having the best one-two corner combination in the entire National Football League. That's what I would do if I was the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Nick Wright of FS1. And first things first, Nick Wright is scheduled to join us next. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's Isaiah Pacheco. You're listening to The Drive with Keraton Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Let's head to the phone lines right now to be joined by one of the top opinion makers in the business, Nick Wright of First Things First and FS1, joins us on the show today. Nick, how you doing today, my man? 
I'm all right, C-Dot. How are you, man? I'm doing good. How many of these have you done today? You've been making the rounds. Uh, all right, so I went on with Pete Mundo, which was, if people want to listen to a brilliant guy yell at a moron for 40 minutes, they should check it out. Um, maybe I shouldn't have been yelling so much. Uh, the I also went on with KMBZ, their uh, midday show. And I told him that was my first job ever was KMBZ, morning news assistant producer. I went on with your guy, Harold Kuntz, uh, and Dan Lebetard, and now you. And I hope to hop on with my buddies, Lazlo and Slimfast at some point. Uh, and so, yeah, so I just, I'm off TV today, and uh, there's something I want to talk about. And so I'm talking to people. So let's just start with this, and I'll, I'll sort of just pass it to you. You know, you kind of gave this open invitation, and you always have a, a platform here to speak. Certainly not, you you don't need it. But what I guess I don't want to ask what makes this so important to you. It's obvious what that is. Why do you feel the need to go on so many different platforms to spread your message today? Well, I just think, like, that we, we, we only have, we always have, like, limited attention span and time. And I, the, the fact of the matter is this. I, I get that the shooting in Kansas City was not the, what we consider the traditional, it's so sad that such thing exists, mass shooting, which is one guy indiscriminately firing at a crowd or in a school or at a movie theater or at a parade or, you know, any of the places that we see it happen. I, I understand that. But it doesn't change the math that one of the reasons this was not, you know, uh, just a few, if I may say such a thing, people shot, and it was nearly two dozen was because of the types of guns involved and the fact that there were multiple uh, semi-automatic rifles involved. And I just think it's a scourge. And I think that even if, and I will admit, I am probably more extreme than most on what the Second Amendment actually says, what it is, how it should be interpreted. But I don't need people to agree with me on that. When I think we all agree that we have lost the plot, I, we should, I shouldn't say all, a, a vast majority agree that we have lost the plot when it comes to gun violence and the ubiquitousness of these high-powered, uh, you know, fast-deploying weapons. And I, and if we don't talk about it now, then it, it moves to the back burner, and then the next time something happens, we are that further delayed. And so that's what I want to talk about. I think, at least for me, Nick, is I think I have just been beaten down by this entire conversation, and I'm far more cynical about it. Like, I understand what you're saying, and you might just be more extreme, but I would say for the most part, you and I probably agree on 75, 80% of this. But my fear sure. is what you and I both know is going to happen. On Monday, people are going to be tired of hearing about this. They're going to say that we are beating a dead horse. And then on Tuesday, we are all going to go back to our normal lives, and we will just wait for this to happen again because we all know that this is going to happen again. And I just feel like we've been in this conversation so much in America, and nobody moves, nothing changes, nothing happens. And I am just I am just completely beaten down by continuing to have this conversation six to eight times well, a year. 
No, sure. I, and I get that. And that's how bad actors win. And I, by the way, I'm not judging you for that CDOT at all. So, like, I'm not saying it's your fault. But that, folks, that the status quo serves them and their purposes or their political ends or their financial ends want you to feel defeated. And they want you to feel hopeless. And they want you to just accept, ah, this is America. But the thing is, it, it, it was not always. And it was not even that long ago. And so this is, we have been, what is true is, and there have been some great books written about it, even books, you know, written by people that I disagree with a lot of there. I'm trying to find the one that I have on my bookshelf right now. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, but books about why America is such a gun-loving country and why it was important. And it's not about the, you know, defeating the British. Um, And so America's always had a unique relationship with firearms. What is new is anyone and everyone being able to access these types of firearms and the mass damage that they can then inflict. We, and I get that folks, if folks want to make this about gang violence or about, uh, you know, where are the fathers or about any of those things, here is, here is the fact. The fact is there has been random violence in every city that has ever existed in world history. There have been gangs called by different names in every city that's ever existed in world history. It does not mean that we shouldn't fight that, combat that, do our best to mitigate it. But what is unique to this nation in this time period is these types of mass casualty events. That is the anomaly. And the fact that it has happened at such a rapid pace that that even people who I think are on the correct side of the issue, throw their arms up and say, there's nothing to be done is, is, you know, is disheartening. And, and, and see that I'm again, I, maybe I would have, maybe I, I wouldn't be speaking on it so much. And this is a selfish place to be, I suppose. Uh, if it wasn't the fact that, you know, I was there, I was, you know, scared for my wife's life. I was for like the whole thing. But it, 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 if I wasn't going to talk about it now, then I was never going to talk about it. And I used to talk about this stuff a lot, and then I kind of stopped. And I, I didn't want to stop on this. Right now, we're talking to Nick Wright of First Things First and FS1. He wanted to come on today to share his feelings, and he's always welcome to do this. Nick, I think just kind of in the tone of what we're talking about, I think that Wednesday was the most American thing that had happened. Like we were celebrating a football team. The thing that I would say universally brings us together that we all love. That is number one. Number two, this happened. And this happens in every city. It, 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 is, a, it is so ingrained in American society. But what I also saw is the American spirit as well. And you've heard the stories and seen the stories, whether it was Andy Reid's story, whether it was Trey Smith's story, whether it was the fact that people tackled the, the, uh, the people that are in custody. Like this was the full scope of the American experience to me on Wednesday. Yeah, but 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, that is, and maybe someone could maybe write a book about that. I mean, you are correct, but that is a pathetic thing. And uh, people like, again, and I'm sorry, in this, the audience may be, you know, actually, I'm not sorry. It, it, it is what it is. There, there's, as much as we love the Chiefs, people in England love, in Liverpool, love Liverpool. And as much as we have heroic people, those people exist everywhere. The only part of, of what happened on Wednesday that was unique to America is the shooting part. Every other part of it happens everywhere. And what is unique to America is that a couple of 16-year-olds, or the apologies, uh, I'm wrong, a couple of juveniles, I should say, were able to easily get their hands on ARs. That's what's unique to America, and that is, and that is what folks – listen, folks just – and this is the point I was trying to make to Pete earlier uh, – have to decide if they're okay with it. What I, if you, someone wants to say, I am, you know what? I believe uh, that, in, that in the rights uh, to bear arms in this way, in any way, and I am – and if that means that, you know, a few times a year, and it's more often that, but that's fine, a few times a year we have this, these random events. If you actually look at the raw numbers of people killed, it's, a, you know, a, a decimal percentage of overall deaths, and I'm okay with it. I respect that opinion more than folks who claim they're not okay with it, but then also claim, huh, we have no, there's nothing to be done. There are obviously things to be done. Some are 90% agreed upon by the population, and yet our elected officials won't move forward on them. Some are 60% agreed with on the population, our elected officials won't move forward on them. And then there are some that I believe in that are probably 40% agreed upon by the population that I am trying to use my voice to try to up that 40% to where it's above 50 and then ask our politicians to move forward on it. Right now we're talking to Nick Wright of FS1. Nick, a lot of people are asking you this question. I'm sure you've been asked this question a million times, but we're having the conversation. Sure. CDOT, what law does Nick think would have prevented this when you already have underage kids from getting gun? It is a legal question. It is already illegal for them to have a gun. I've seen seven different versions of this question. Someone who is as passionate about okay. this. What is your response to that question? Okay. So my response to this question, that question is so patently obvious, which is you, this very specific thing. There's probably only one thing that would have prevented this very specific thing. And that was if we didn't have, uh, lightweight semi-automatic rifles easily available to anyone who wanted one. And people can say, oh, well, they got them illegally. Guys, I, I, don't, the, I, I don't understand how th this is where people get dumb. This is where people have cognitive dissonance. Like, yes, if something is illegal for anyone to have, then some people will still find it. But if it is legal for the majority to have, then almost anyone can find it. How many of you listeners knew people that sports bet when it was illegal? 
but you never did it. And then the moment it became legal and it was on your phone, you now all of a sudden are firing off 17 parlays a week. You could have done it before, but the legality barrier was enough of a hurdle for you. You, you It's not like it, was, it did not exist. There are, during God's darn it, during prohibition, you, people could drink and people did, but it was harder to do. And if people want to, in this instance, focus on the very specific detail of what happened Wednesday, I understand that. In my opinion, that misses the point because what we all know because we see, have seen it happen in all the previous mass shootings when it's like, oh, gun purchased legally, person of age, they still won't engage. They won't engage on an intellectual level. And so, yes, if, if your opinion is that there is nothing that can be done, then my question would be, then why was this not happening 30 years ago? Why? And it's it and the the weapons existed. We had a whole we had a, the Soviet Union collapsed. There were millions of AKs available for anybody theoretically. Left on the left in a torn a war torn country. Why? Why is it new? Why is it just in my adult life that we have had this very specific problem? And it's because the regulations have been eased to the point to where the state of Missouri was the the few federal regulations that we have. The state of Missouri sued to not make them enforceable in Missouri, went to the Supreme Court in October. And so don't give me this nonsense that there is nothing to be done. Of course, there are obvious things to be done, most of which were done in this country previously many of which by Republican governments. We've just lost the plot. I'll answer whatever text questions people have, by the way, CDOT. I don't know if you want to do this. I don't know, but whatever, whatever, whatever silly bumper sticker logic these people, if, if you outlaw guns, only outlaws will have guns. Then don't have laws. If you outlaw stealing, then only thieves will steal. What are we talking about? If there was a good guy with a gun... There were snipers on the roof yesterday. There are 800 cops. What, what, nothing you can do. So, I mean, just just miss me with all the, the nonsense. Nick, I'm here for as long as you have time to be here. So I, I am very happy to facilitate the arguments that you and I have both seen time and time again. And for, so people can have at least your answer, your response to them. A lot of people are saying that this is not a gun issue. It is a mental health issue. What is your okay. response to that? Adults have a responsibility to hold multiple ideas in their, uh, you know, in their head at once. And the, 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 again, because this appears to be gang-related violence, it's, people aren't going to go to mental health the way they do when someone walks into an elementary school and shoots 20 people, and I actually understand that. But here is my issue. First one is I would love to do both. I would love to better publicly fund, publicly fund mental health resources, okay? I would like to do that while addressing the gun issue. 
the idea that it must be one or the other is facile and ludicrous. Um, but the, the reason that particular argument gets me mad is I'm yet to meet the politician who is all for more tax dollars going to mental health services and a gun nut. I'm yet to meet them. It sure seems to me like th- there are a lot of folks with my politics that think we need to have s- legitimate real restrictions on the very least on these types of weapons and thinks we should better public fund health services, mental health services, and so many of these people who are desperate and on the street are actually dealing with mental health issues. I, I think there's a lot of people that believe that. And then there's a lot of people that believe, you know what I mean, a, a, a gun for every man, woman, and child, and fend for your damn self on mental health. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps, get a job, get a life. So it's just disingenuous. Like the, and by the way, I will say this. If we had to pick one or the other, which we don't, I would pick the mental health thing, for the record. I think that the, the so much of the homelessness and strife and pain you see uh, in cities across America, it, the root cause is, you know, m- m- some level of uh, mental illness sounds too harsh, but some level of brain chemistry gone awry that has then led to desperation and poverty and all of those things. I think that is a real crisis, but if we're, you can't claim to care about mental health and then be like, but subjecting our eight-year-olds to mass shooter drills isn't going to have a downstream effect on their mental health for the rest of their lives. It's just wanton hypocrisy. Last question here, Nick, because I'm sure you and I could go on this and I could just give you the floor and you could go for four hours. But I imagine you have things to do next year. If the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, would you go back to the parade? Yes, this was not about Kansas City. I understand Kansas City does my entire life. And Kansas City has had a gun violence problem and a gang violence problem my entire life. So in that regard, this might feel like it was about Kansas City. But Danny Parkins, you know, sports radio, 610 sports legend himself, he, uh, you know, was at a 4th of July parade two years ago that got shot up that I called to check on him, just like he called to check on me when the Chiefs Super Bowl parade got shot, uh, shot up. There is, the, 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 there is, it is, you, you just spin the wheel and hope it's not your big event, but there is. I am not going to act as if I think this is unique to Kansas City. And while I find some of Missouri's gun laws to be objectionable because Missouri is on a state line, even if Missouri passed all the laws I wanted them to, unless unless Kansas did it also, if you're in Kansas City, it wouldn't really have much of an impact. But but this idea that laws can't help, can't can't do anything. I live in New York City. No matter what, you know, the, some media will tell you, New York City is one of the safest big cities in the world and has shockingly little gun violence for a city of 12 million people, however many people. And it's not only because New York City 
has incredibly strict gun laws like Chicago does. But what New York City doesn't have that Chicago does is share a border with a state that has none. Instead, we're surrounded by mostly states that have at least some level of common sense gun laws and and the, the penalties are real. You can be the star receiver for the New York Giants and just have a pistol and shoot yourself and go to prison, not even committing a crime or hurting anybody. And as much as people say, ah, criminal outlaws break the law, nobody likes going to jail. And the, there is a real fear of that amongst people that even even people breaking the law. And so gun and people are like, well, but stabbings. Listen, I would I will tell you this. Because people in New York City don't have guns, there are, a, you know, a, more than you have in other cities, like slashings or stabbings on the subway. And while those are awful, people typically survive them. And what you, you, I've heard about one time in my entire life, and I think it was in Japan, is a mass stabbing. Not a lot of 37 people stabbed by the same assailant. Not, not really a thing, typically. And so... Yeah, uh, I don't even remember the question. Sorry. <laughs> that is our guy, Nick Wright, joining us on the show today. Nick, you know what? I'm going to text you the text line so you can see it. No, no. You don't no, want the text line? No, you're not. I don't need that hell. I, I mean, I, I'm just saying is I got to read ago. the text line. I didn't well, see you no, said you most don't. of this stuff. So, would, now, so now you can I do would, this, and now you got to leave me I with the text line. I would shut it down. I would shut it down for the day. Um, I, but listen, believe it or not, I love you with all my heart, Kansas City. Uh, I really, 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 really do. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm very, very sad for the city today, but I don't want my, my sadness. I don't think can do anything. My righteous, indignant anger, maybe, maybe can move a few people. Thanks. Absolutely. That's my guy, Nick, Wright of first things first and FS one joining us on the show today. Nick, I appreciate you, my brother. Of course. Be safe. Talk to you later. Absolutely. That's Nick Wright joining us on the show today. Let's react to what we just heard coming up on the other side. It's The Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 